0: Good morning, this is Driving Theology, and I'm Mike, and it is February 12th, two days before Valentine's Day, and I am on my way to work as usual. Thanks for joining me. Uh, for those of you who have been uh paying attention to my podcast or Facebook page or whatever, um, you noticed that I did finally upload a bunch of, uh, a bunch of podcasts. I was going to go through and toss some out and keep, you know, only keep the ones that I thought were good, but I, I just decided to let it be what it was. And so I, I put them in there. Uh, one of the podcasts, for example, has a pause of about a minute where I'm fooling with the uh, <laughs> the air conditioner. It was a rainy day, maybe a month ago, when uh, my windows were fogging up. And, and yeah, I mean, I I just I know if I add too many more steps in this process, I'm not going to stick with it. It's just it's just a lot for one guy to do. So I try to streamline the process as much as possible, and that means you guys, you know, get weird stuff and and, and weird sounds and pauses and uh, my uh, low-key road rage, maybe a little bit uh, recorded once in a while. But um, <clears throat> yeah, I I just decided to keep it as is and go ahead and post everything. Now I, I haven't, I still have some that I haven't posted from. Maybe middle of January, a couple of weeks ago, so I don't know what I'm going to do with those yet. I may listen to those and decide that, you know, that uh, there are some that don't need to be in here. In fact, I think one is just a, a preparation uh, for my talk, and I already talked about some of the stuff in prior podcasts. So, uh, sorry, previous podcasts. So I. I, yeah, I may throw out one or, one or two of those. Um, but, yeah, anyway, thanks for your patience. I got, I think, eight of those uploaded in the last week or so. And uh, I'll try to do another round. Um, yeah, just to get caught up. I'd like to get caught up. Uh, a little shout-out to another pod podcast. I may have already podcasted about this last week. Called Brewing Narrative, and they're a, a coffee slash uh, Christian podcast that may be featuring one of our coffees from uh, our cafe. Should um, be kind of cool. to See how that goes. So we'll wait for that podcast to come out. it hasn't, hasn't come out yet, but they are considering using one of our. Some of our coffee in their podcast. Uh, so what they do is they, they, you know, have coffee. They sit down. It's about three or four guys. Seems like they sit down, have some coffee, and then they uh, talk about the coffee and the brewing process that they made, and you know whatever details they have about the coffee. And then they go into uh, Christian Christian topics of some kind. And they they're from my hometown uh, where I was born and. Raised till I was thirteen, almost fourteen, really, um, and that's where my daughter goes to college, and so she's she's kind of been in contact with them. My daughter's a, a barista herself, and uh, really is into coffee, loves coffee, and really has the knack for it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so anywho what's been going on with me um, February is kind of a, a weird month for me because I I uh, stop having my college classes during this month which means uh, I have a few more hours a week uh, of nothing to do of course I have a lot of busy work to finish up those classes you know grades and, and getting people's assignments in and all kinds of stuff like that which I'm still not done with Here it is, the second week of February. Um, I got another week or so to get all that done before the deadline. Um, Yeah, and then it's a a big recruiting month for our uh, language school. My wife and I, uh, mostly her, run a language school. Um, And so we need to reevaluate classes uh, make a schedule for the next year's classes, and, and try to recruit new students as well, and say goodbye to some old students, and so that, that's something that we are deep in, in February. <clears throat> February also is the time of year where, the, where things start blooming in Japan. We get the, uh, I think they're called peonies. Peonies, is that right? They're called in Japanese. They're called suisen. No, daffodils. Sorry, daffodils. Um, Daffodils start blooming. I haven't seen any this year, though. I haven't really been paying attention. But also the uh, plum trees. Uh, Plum trees start blooming in February, and that has started uh, around my house. I've noticed some of the neighbors' plum trees have started blooming. Uh, so it's kind of the traditional beginning of spring February, even though it's it's still just as cold as January more or less Although today's a warmish day It's kind of nice um, So yeah, it's kind of a transitional month uh, It's a month for me to get things done around the house uh, Getting ready, you know for the next year for example, Uh uh, I've got a lot of cleanup I'd like to do in my yard to get ready for the the weed season, which is fast approaching. Uh, weeds grow like like weeds in Japan, <laughs> and uh, because of, there's a lot of there's a lot of rain and the, the soil is quite fer- fertile. Um, so yeah, February kind of a kind of an interesting month. <laughs> Um, also February is Black History Month. Um, <clears throat> a lot of, uh, one guy that I follow on Facebook, he, he does, uh, daily posts on, on Black History. He's a, I guess he's white. He seems white. I, I know he's not African American, but I think he's white. Uh, anyway, he, he really does what he can to bring awareness uh, to awareness of the important contributions of African Americans uh, over the years, and, and there are many. Uh, one I learned of today that I did not know that the, the portrait um, of um, FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, that's on the dime was actually a portrait that was done. Uh, by an African American uh, woman sculptor, uh, back in the forties, I think, and uh, and that's that's the you know that's the picture that we see on the dime all the time. And We don't realize that you know that that's a, a, we we have dimes all the time. We're, we use dimes, right? We use money all the time and have for many many years. But that dime uh, has. Carried the work of this very significant African American female artist all this time, and yet you know nobody's mentioned it, right? We we didn't nobody's known about that, Um, as far as I know. uh, At least that's the first time I heard about it. Now, um, of course, there are people that that are more um, attuned to uh, learning about and hearing about the. contributions of African Americans in history uh, and and I wish I was one of them I'm, I'm ashamed that I'm not uh, and I, I thought about you know today would be a great day to do a podcast uh, on on something about African- American history but I realize how unqualified I am and, and how much how inadequate, how inadequate it would be for me. I can't even say inadequate today. It sounds so weird. My saying of inadequate is inadequate. How how bad it would be for me to try to do that off the cuff. Um, And again, that's to my shame. Um, I... There was a time... when I may have even taken pride Uh, in what I thought was my lack of racism and and, you know that what I would have assumed uh, I would have assumed that I'm the least racist people person I know I would have said that at one point Uh, but having lived now Uh, as a minority in Japan for the last 25 years uh, albeit an honored minority because I'm white uh, I do have a little bit different perspective on a lot of that stuff now I said honored minority and that's because for whatever reason Japanese people seem to Be less racist with white Americans than with Black Americans. Again, I'm saying seems to because that's from my perspective, and and I humbly admit that my perspective is limited. Um, th- there, of course, I, I have I have experienced some kind of prejudice because of my Americanness or whiteness or whatever, non-Japanese-ness. Uh, every foreigner in Japan will tell you they've they experienced something like that. And, you know, you, you can't... Uh, in some ways, you can't hold it against Japanese because they've been uh, such a, a a homogeneic society for so long. Um, <clears throat> there really weren't many foreigners in Japan and that was by design they were kept out by the uh, by the regime especially the Tokugawas and so that's not that long ago right so the Tokugawa period ended just a hundred and some odd years ago not 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 too far from the time of our civil war uh, right around the same period late mid mid to late 1800s. And so up until that point, there just weren't foreigners allowed, and they were demonized, um, often caricatured and and warned against, and and they wanted to keep the Western influence out of Japan as much as possible. And so uh, those in Japan suffered a lot of hardships. of course, who were foreigners? Even though there weren't many, there were some. <laughs> Famous uh, amongst these situations was the uh, the uh, genocide and uh, massacring of Christians over uh, a couple hundred years, starting in the early 1600s um, by by the Tokugawa regime. Simply for being Christian and not recanting. There's a famous book about it. It's a fictional book, but it's based on uh, historical um, historical happenings, uh, which is called Silence. A <laughs> uh, famous movie came out a couple came out a couple years ago, which is an excellent movie, um, hard to watch and yet seems to be quite accurate as to what happened, uh, but it has a, an incredible theological point to it, which, yeah, I think, I think you, should, uh, you should definitely see it if you want to know something about the historical, um, uh, what, what would you say, the, the, what, what happened historically to Christians and other foreigners in Japan. Anyway, so that brings us to the modern day where just the opposite. Japan is embracing English, well they're trying to, not as much as some countries, but they're trying to. Certain certain segments of the population have. They're bringing in more foreign influence. Of course, Japanese today dress almost exclusively in Western clothes. They eat Western food. McDonald's, Starbucks is everywhere. Uh, Pizza Hut. Um, it's probably one of the most westernized of all Asian countries Uh, and yet it's maintained its its uh, homogeneity Uh, still probably ninety-something percent of all the population in Japan are ethnic Japanese and so uh, it's still rare to encounter a foreigner in certain rural parts of Japan, for example. It's more and more common. I think it's it's on the on the rise. But there are still still people who will they'll they'll see you and they'll have a, a look of shock on their face, um, and then you'll you'll speak Japanese to them and, and somewhat fluent Japanese, and they still won't be able to hear you because their mind is registered that you're a foreigner and therefore can't understand what they're saying and there's a lot of things like this that happens uh there there have been you know certain establishments where uh westerners were not allowed or uh, for example i i went into a uh, barber once a barber shop and they they uh told me they wouldn't cut my hair because they they don't know how to cut Westerner's hair, whatever that meant. Um, <clears throat> and a lot of this, you could chalk it up to humility, you know, they're willing to, to not take your money and, and admit that they don't know how to do something. But it doesn't feel that way when you need a haircut, you know, <laughs> when you need something. And But this does not happen often, I want to stress that, it does not happen often being a white American uh, coming from from America where I was in a place of privilege uh, being male and white um, it was quite shocking to me and and I I cannot even boast of of having experienced probably you know 2% of the racism that that an African American would experience in 25 years of their life. Uh, People still talk about it's a daily occurrence. Right? Um, So, that's why I'm reluctant to talk about black history. I'm not an expert on it. Um, I probably have closer and more relationships with African American people than most white people. I don't know, that may not even be true, but I I I have two adopted black brothers. Uh and so my 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 family's kind of been invested um, I don't mean I, I don't know. You take that how you want. Uh, we, we've been at least involved with African American families almost my whole life in one way or another. Uh, and most recently as as my my brothers, right? My two brothers. Um, and yet, I can't say that recently, I've done anything uh, to warrant any kind of, you know, any reason that you would listen to me about anything about black history. Um, And a lot of people in the states, a lot of conservatives, um want to decry the end of racism and say that, well racism doesn't even exist, it's a it's a hoax. It existed once, it, it does not exist any longer. Uh, almost, almost like the Holocaust is a hoax, right? People want to tell you that the Holocaust never happened. It was a hoax, it was never as bad as you thought, you know, blah, 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 it was all propaganda, whatever. Um, that's what people want you to believe today. Is that racism in America is a hoax? It's propaganda to to bolster uh, the liberal left, uh, Democratic Party, uh, to to you know secure them more voters or whatever. That's what they'd like you to believe. Um, <clears throat> but I would say. You just have to look at the math. You know, you, you have to look at the numbers. Uh, the number of black men incarcerated in America, right? There's a great number of people incarcerated who are African-American males in America. And it's staggering just how much of the demographic is incarcerated or has been incarcerated. Staggering. Now, if you believe that people are people, right, um, that, that all, all races are equal, then you have, you, you only have one, um, what do you call it? you only have one point that you can make on this all right because you can't say unless you believe that black people are inherently more prone to criminal activity you can't say that black people are just bad or more black people are bad than white people you can't you don't have that if if you believe that human beings are human beings and we're all we're all equal so if you're if you're going to admit that all people are equal then that's not something in my mind that you can say then so the the second the second tier then is to say that <clears throat> their environment their environment the, the environment in which they were born and lived and raised was such that led them to criminal activity okay now that I can buy I can buy the nurture over nature right? Uh, because I do believe that all people are equal and were created equal that no human beings are inherently worse than others so if you believe that the reason that more African American men are incarcerated per capita than, than white American men, for example, and you believe it's because of their environment, the environment in which they were brought up in, then to me, you know, we need to ask the question, who's responsible for that environment? Who's responsible? who created that environment in which they were brought up, that led them to criminal activity. Now of course this, this is if, if these people are rightly incarcerated. Or if they've, you know, unless they've been unjustly incarcerated. And I believe there are many people who are unjustly incarcerated in the States. And whether that's because of current regimes or current laws that have been made that are more oppressive uh, systemic injustice, in other words, or or whether it's just downright um, economics, you know that that African American men uh, coming from lower socioeconomic backgrounds uh, lacked the means for a good lawyer, and we we have seen where lawyers. Are able to make deals for their clients. And the better the lawyer, the higher the price. <laughs> right? Uh, and so, whatever the reason, whatever the reason that a higher number per capita of African American males are incarcerated than, for example, white Amer- African American males, you have to believe it's environmental. And then you have to ask yourself, well, who's You know who's who's to blame for the environment uh now you have several spheres of environment right you have i guess we'd start with the country go down to the state go down to the town and maybe from there go down to the neighborhood and from the neighborhood go down to the family and what have you right there are all of these different layers and levels of of your environment and there are people in charge of each layer. Now the Jim Crow laws that came about, I'm gonna totally mess this up, but I wanna say in the early 1900s, that was systemic racism, right? That was systemic racism where uh, the country or even the state or even cities, made laws that unjustly uh, oppressed African Americans in America. Okay, That's part of systemic racism. Uh, today, I think, probably racial profiling, the way that police approach people um, is largely, um, for lack of a better word, uh, colored with their color right um, they they make decisions based on racial profiling okay this is a black male uh, he's of a certain age he's in a certain place therefore he's a certain threat right uh, racial profiling has gone wrong many times very wrong yeah you may get it right once in a while but by and large it's not the right way to do things right because then you have this this kind of preemptive law people that can or police rather that can make decisions uh, without any without any evidence whatsoever right they can they can make decisions based on racial profiling uh, and this is this is the just the heart of racism Sorry, I'm going to take a little coffee. By the way, what am I drinking? Uh, This is... Let me see. uh, Costa Rica Coral Mountain. That I roasted last week. (sighs) It's pretty smooth. Pretty smooth, eh? I've been experimenting with it all week. Uh... Yeah, so. um, So, of course, of course, a mother and father, and to a lesser extent, grandparents, have an obligation to create a safe and educational and loving environment for their kids. But you have to realize that these people people as well have have been targeted with racial injustice systemic racial injustice their entire lives so they are also uh, a product of their environment to some extent to what extent I can't tell you is there a tipping point is there a breaking point where uh the goodness that you have in you that was endowed by your creator gets completely overshadowed by the bad? Uh, I don't know. I don't know. It seems like it happens, right? We have uh, plenty of people through history that have proven that. But our environments play a huge role in our development, and, and maybe especially the first three years of your, of our lives may have a lot more to say than we want to admit in who we become. And so if there is, and I'll just say there has been, if there is systemic racial injustice that have been perpetrated on African-Americans for, I guess you'd say it was almost 500 years up till now, right, from, from slavery which, which that, you know, that existed. Well, some people might say it still exists uh, in the in the prison system, uh, but African American slavery existed for at least three hundred sixty-four years or something like that, right? Uh, until the Emancipation Proclamation given by Lincoln, it existed at least that long. Uh, slavery, of course, has always existed. And, of course, today we call it trafficking. Except for, we might also call it incarceration. Uh, maybe that's another podcast. Um, this kind of has come up because last night we were watching a TV show. My, my daughter and I. And it's a pretty rough show. Uh, she likes it. Um, I, I enjoy it as well. Uh, called Criminal Minds, and of course it's 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 about murderers and serial killers, and and last night's <coughs> episode was particularly bad because it talked about um, it talked about uh, the sexual molestation of boys by by men, <coughs> and and one of the men who had molested many boys got killed in prison because of that so he got killed by other criminals because he was a child molester and and my daughter this was towards the end of the show and she's like you know i don't really feel bad that he died she's 16 by the way and i said you thought you think he deserves it and she's like yeah kind of you know look at all the look at all the horrible stuff he did and i have to admit <clears throat> that on the surface that's exactly how i feel as well like i you know like of course he's going to die he he shouldn't have done all that bad stuff and everything but i did bring up to my daughter because i wanted her to think more deeply than these things there's always things below the surface that that we need to look out for and one of them is that Everybody has a story and every everybody's story is basically a story of how they've been broken because everybody if they live long enough end up to be somewhat damaged because of the story of their life right uh, there's damage that happens i i am intimately intimately familiar with the damage that happened in my life and and from that, I I know how it affected me. And so, when when something happens, I am quick to justify my own actions because I know my story, right? I know my story. Therefore, I know that, yeah, I did a bad thing, but it's because I know my story. I know why I did that bad thing, right? Now, now not all, not all of us can say this, and maybe not all of us have looked deeply enough deeply enough into our past uh, to discover the origins of, of our I guess <clears throat> excuse me, sinful proclivities um, the thing is we we don't know somebody's story all we do is see what's happening to them right here right now and based on based on that we assume they have no story, therefore they have no reason to do what they did, therefore they deserve to die, right? The problem is, they got broken somehow. Somebody broke them, just like they broke other people, right? It doesn't just happen in a vacuum. Broken people break people, and broken people were broken by other broken people. This is how it's it's been going on, right? This is how things have been going on in our world, and I feel like we're, we're getting closer and better to dealing with this stuff, and maybe that's just because it's finally out in the open, a lot of it. <clears throat> but people have been broken. If, if you are a broken person who breaks other people, it's because you were broken by other broken people, right? People, the, the definition of people is broken. We're all broken, And so looking at at somebody's story, trying to understand their story and how they became so broken will, will not help you forgive the person necessarily, but it will help you understand how systemic brokenness has created so much of what's wrong in the world today. And I would say all of it. Let's just say all of it. And by systemic, I mean you know this is how the world has been going on this is how the world works and so when i look at the huge number of of african-american men who are or have been incarcerated in the states i can't look at them in a vacuum i can't just look at what they did that's ridiculous we would not do that in any other case Now it's hard work figuring out how people got broke. It's hard, hard work and a lot of people don't even want to go there. But unless we're going to move forward with healing, we're going to have to face our brokenness. And the only way to know how or where we're broke is to figure out how we got broke and who broke us and how were they broke right as far back as we can and it's not about pointing blames you know fingers because we're all broken if you want to point fingers i guess you point back to eve but the good news of jesus is that this brokenness is being and has already been fixed by christ How can you not look on your fellow broken humans with compassion and understanding? You're broken too. We're all broken. Let's try to understand each other's stories. It doesn't mean that people won't be incarcerated. Some people are so broken that they're a danger to others and they should be protected from themselves and be kept from others that they might harm. This is just common sense, right? But the nature of incarceration, to me, does not seem to be rehabilitative. And I'm not sure rehabilitation is is a a worthy goal. Perhaps it shouldn't be rehabilitation. Perhaps it should be reconciliation. That's what prison should be about. Reconciling people. After all, most crimes committed uh, are committed against people we know, people close to us. Reconciliation is a much more worthy goal. And I'm sorry, I gotta run. I, I really wanna continue this now. I feel like I got the ball rolling. Don't be quick to judge. Be quick to hear and to listen and to want to understand, and I hope I'll be the same. Thanks. Bye bye.